Hey guys, and welcome back to the official podcast of Develop Development, Develop Development Unplugged, and this is season two. And we are super excited to be here because season one, we got a lot of feedback was when we were trying to figure out how to do this. And uh, this time we're coming back stronger than ever. We have kind of rebuilt the studio a little bit. If you look at our microphones, they have uh, shock mounts, so you're going to have better audio. And uh, we're going to try to keep the episodes around 45 minutes to max an hour. I know last season we would sometimes go to like an hour and a half or two. We're definitely going to try to not do that. And uh, today I'm joined by two people who I really value a lot. My sister Itzel and my girlfriend Des. And uh, these two people are, are people who have uh, experienced a lot of anxiety. They have generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, agoraphobia, and many different um, challenges with anxiety. And one of the things we're going to be talking about today is talking about uh, anxiety disorder, but also anxiety that regular people are experiencing during this quarantine. Because even regular people like myself, I say regular people in the case that I'm not diagnosed with any anxiety, but I have a lot of anxiety right now. I have a lot of anxiety. I have a lot of uh, uh, sometimes depressive thoughts. I have I have my difficulties during this moment, and many people who who I know are going through this, are having challenges with this quarantine, and we want to kind of work on that. So um, basically, we're going to be talking about how different people deal with anxiety based on the personality, based on the context, how new people who are experiencing anxiety in the first time can can you know deal with it. I'm gonna be obviously asking uh, people who know this, who have lived with this, who have gone through this time and time again, and who actually sometimes go through periods where every day they have panic attacks and every day have anxiety, to get their tips, to get their suggestions, and, and to really look at it uh, from different angles. But we're also gonna talk about the tools of, of development which takes into account personality psychology, that takes into account the fact that there's not just one type of anxiety. Because we all have different types of anxiety. Like, there are people that have social anxiety. There are some that have agoraphobia, which is fear of being in situations where they maybe can't escape and where they may, might make a fool out of themselves or they might have a panic attack, uh, and they're afraid of those situations. We're going to talk about people who, who just get antsy and, and, and stir crazy and need to go out and need to move and are feeling anxious because they don't have enough movement in their life. So we're going to talk about all these different cases of, of how anxiety affects all of us. And uh, for those that are watching live, I believe we're having a challenge uh, switching cameras right now. So if you're hearing me ramble before seeing my wonderful guests, it's... Uh, it's because of that, so I can talk to people and you're not going to be able to <laughs> see them. Uh, so, so they're kind of working on that. What's that? Okay, so yeah. So bear with us in this first episode of, of being back because we're having some, some lovely technical difficulties. But yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this. Anxiety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. I highly recommend it. Uh, <laughs> No, anxiety is, is a tricky thing. I, I think a lot of people who maybe haven't lived with anxiety at a clinical level don't really understand yeah. what it's like to be so anxious all the time, and sometimes you don't even know why. Uh, but at the same time, I think that now dealing with coronavirus, dealing with the uh, quarantine, dealing with social distancing, 
a lot of people who don't experience that much anxiety day to day are starting to experience it yeah. and starting to get a bit of a taste of of what that's like um and it's something that you have to really get to know yourself at least in my experience you have to really get to know yourself to start finding out which things trigger your anxiety and and not expose yourself too much to those uh you don't want to necessarily neglect them completely because you might want to face a few fears but you know you don't want to be constantly facing everything that gives you anxiety all the time because you won't be able to get on with other things that you have in your life right uh and also figure out what things help you out, what things kind of help you relax. Uh, some things will make a lot of sense and some things will make absolutely no sense. But you sort of start learning about yourself. Okay, what are the things that I need to be okay? What are the things that I need to be comfortable? Uh, and basically collect things that make you feel better and, and be on top of things when you know you're going to be exposed to more triggers. Yeah, I think wh- when it comes to anxiety... There's a lot of things you can implement in your day-to-day that help with that. So you can implement certain routines, certain actions, certain activities that help either prevent or solve panic attacks in the moment. And Des, you have quite a few different routines. Do you want to talk a little bit about the things you do? Uh, Yeah, I do have a bit of a routine to avoid anxiety throughout the day because, um, yeah, I can get panic attacks every day if I don't do, for example, yoga. Uh, Itzel and I tend to do yoga Mm -hmm. when we can together. (laughs) Um, But sometimes I do do it in the bedroom. And, for example, with Itzel, I do a different routine than the one I do by myself like by myself I do one that specially uh helps anxiety I also have my relaxing tea and I meditate at least three times a day every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that really helps with my anxiety yeah I think one of the best things you can do is find what things work for you and obviously every person is different there's some people that are going to probably get more tense with uh yoga and 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 meditation, some people are going to relax and feel very comfortable and, and be able to handle their thoughts and the breathing. Uh, and it's really one thing we always talk about in development is there's no one size fits all, but it's all about finding what works for you based on your personality, your goals, your context, your traumas, your fears. And uh, obviously, being it's that it's my sister and my girlfriend that are here on the podcast, and both of them have suffered through anxiety and panic attacks and all this stuff. And I've kind of been there by their side through a lot of their worst periods. And I've seen how differently each of Like, I've seen <laughs> very different ways of handling it. Like, uh, for example, Itzel, sh- being more introverted by nature, she she just gets very quiet. Yes, she gets a scared face, but she gets very quiet. Whereas Tess, being more extroverted, she's more likely to express every feeling she's having in that moment. Like, oh my goodness, uh, like, I, I, am I going to die? Am I going to die? I'm super scared. Oh my good. Oh, oh, oh what, what, what? Like, I can't faint, right? Am I going to faint? It's been really fun for me, actually, because I'm sort of in more of a recovery stage where I don't feel that much anxiety day to day, although the current situation has kind of amped it up a bit again. Yeah. It's more about a year ago and then, like, before that for several years that my anxiety was super intense yeah uh but as yannick says like i tend to like swallow it and turn it inwards and just kind of shut down and like i won't speak i won't respond i won't interact i won't process what's going on around me uh and then like if they notice that i'm gone for a while they're like here is everything okay so meeting des 
and seeing like listening to her when she starts <laughs> expressing everything out we're really like i'm feeling this and i'm feeling this and i'm feeling this and i'm having a panic attack right now and i'm feeling this for me it's actually been really helpful because it's made me understand my own feelings yeah. better because i would just shut down yeah. but i would be feeling the same things i just wouldn't express them or or even register what i was going through no i i must admit i kind of wish you had expressed more what you're going through when you're going <laughs> through it because when itzel went through her roughest period of anxiety where she was having panic attacks all the time and having to cancel a lot of plans and really it affecting the day-to-day -day life a lot she wouldn't express herself she would kind of hide away or keep to herself or just kind of be like, I can't, I can't, but mm -hmm. not explain what she was feeling, what she was going through. Yeah. And with this, because she is so expressive, oh, I know exactly what she's going through, even though I don't feel it myself. Like, I have very clear instructions. Sometimes she will give me specific instructions. Can you help me put on a fan to cool me down? Can you uh, get me a glass of water? Can you... Uh, scratch my back or can you do this or like can you help me with this specific thing whereas with Itzel there wasn't that <laughs> so it's like I have no idea what to do here um, great yeah uh, but I, I will say uh, in, in both cases there has been great transformation I mean it, it, with the case of Itzel when she was at her worst it was uh, totally debilitating like yeah it, it, it affected everything yeah and now you're getting on stage you're traveling the world well, not with the coronavirus <laughs> but uh, since then right before that uh, <laughs> we, we, we've been able to kind of have a very complete life with a lot of yeah. exciting plans without canceling as many plans but there was a period where we would pan things and like in the heat of the moment like you would have a panic attack and i would be kind of left alone be like yo hey guys <laughs> <laughs> i know that you're expecting my sister here but i'm alone now yeah. where's that now it's it's kind of been much easier to yeah. to 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 follow up with commitments and stuff yeah. and that's something that it's been a huge transformation and, and with des for example when i met her <laughs> she had spent like i don't know how many months locked up how six many months? months six months locked up in your room yeah. like it's des when i met her it was uh, six months of being locked up in her room hardly having any friendships hardly doing anything she couldn't work she couldn't go to school she I mean, there, were, there was really a period where her life really shut down. And all of a sudden, she starts taking some very ambitious steps to face a lot of very big fears, such as? The elevator fear. <laughs> um, I was terrified of elevators. I've always been really terrified of elevators. Um, so, uh, yeah, I kind of faced it with a friend, and um, I cried. <laughs> and I thought I was gonna die and the elevator was gonna get stuck and so like yeah it was really bad for 10 years I did not get on an elevator even when I would go to him like to the emergency room I would always tell the doctor the only way you can get me on an elevator is if I'm passed out yeah. but as long as I'm awake you will not take me so I literally would walk for uh I walked four stories that day because I did not want to go on an elevator, even yeah. though I was sick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, elevators have been really bad for me. I would just see the doors and I would go straight to a panic attack, just seeing, seeing the metal doors. And now I use ele ele elevators every day because we, yeah, 
<laughs> we live in on the 14th floor, so yeah. yeah. No, it, it it's it's something. One of the reasons why I'm I'm kind of starting with these examples. We're gonna get a little bit more into specifics with the quarantine. Is I know for a fact that you can be going through your worst anxiety, panic attacks, depression. You can go through hell and back, and you can get out of there. Like, and I'm not saying that they don't get panic attacks. Mm-hmm. I'm saying. They now can live a full life where they're working full hours. They are, have commitments. They have friends. They can, when there's no quarantine, they can go out and do things. But for example, Des on on our first date, panic attack within five minutes. No, it was a panic attack right when I met you. The, the moment, like I I got on uh, in your car and I was like, I'm having a panic attack, and I hadn't even said hi to you or anything. I just yeah. got in <laughs> and I was like, I'm having a panic attack. Yeah, it was like exactly, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm used to this with my sister, so no problem. And she she thought I would never see her again because she's like, I made such a bad first impression. I like, why did you want to see me again? Like, I had a panic attack on the first second. Like, I've been through that for years with my sisters. Uh, so yeah, like uh, that that that, and also like on on. Like several occasions, we've had to leave restaurants, we had to leave yeah. uh, malls, we had to leave parking lots, we had to drive home, we had to cancel plans. And in kind of the, the very early days, like you'd have so strong panic attacks that you couldn't deal with the reality of where you were at. And I was like, oh my goodness, we've got to get out of here. And I don't remember that in, in like recent time. Like, if you have that now, it's like, okay. 10 minutes, I'm going to meditate quickly. I'll put myself in front of a fan. I'm going to ca- take a quick shower to cool down. And then maybe 10 minutes delayed, we go. But like canceling pants fully mm-hmm. has not been a thing in, in a long time. And, and I think there are a lot of people that are, are going through anxiety and panic attack disorder and different challenges that, that feel like they're never going to get better. And one of the things that I love that you do, Des, is you have a journal where you look. Uh, explain a little bit about your journal because that helps in your bad days. Uh, so yeah, I ha- I have a journal. I can't remember what the name of a journal is, but basically is I do like this thing every month where um, every day of the month I color it a certain color. Like for example, I have green for like very good, like my I had no anxiety. I have yellow for maybe like a little bit of anxiety, but not a lot. I have orange for like just. I did have a little bit more of anxiety, maybe a little bit of panic attack, a little panic attack, like a five second panic attack or one minute panic attack, but it wasn't a full blown panic attack. Then I have red that that means that I had a panic attack. And then I have brown. That means that I had a full blown. I I thought I was going to die. Maybe I need a hospital kind of panic attack. Um, So that's the way that's how I keep track of my anxiety, because a year from now, that's when I started this journal. I think it was like January of 2000. 2019 and seeing my progress now that most of my days are green um compared to when I started when everything was just if it was yellow that was good Mm -hmm. (laughs) um or if it was orange that meant that I was like somewhat okay but it would literally be red orange or brown every single day so um Yeah, and I also write down my feelings and I try to write down positive things that are in my life at that, like during that month. And I just try to stick with the positive things. Like, for example, um, I would make a list of things that I couldn't 
like use the restroom by myself so i would write that down and be like okay so today i managed to shower by myself and not use a chair or something to help me um or today i uh i went out and i was in my patio and uh i was calm for about 20 minutes and then i came inside because i was even afraid to go out um outside my house because I didn't want my neighbors to see me. So Mm -hmm. it was like, literally I had to drag myself and touch the walls and just like sit. And I didn't want my neighbors to see that. So, um, yeah, being able to even go out, (laughs) even though I'm in like inside my house still, but just being, knowing that people can see me, that was a hard step for me. And that's what I still do till this day. Sometimes I forget to do it. For example, the month of April, I have not done it. I just did like the cover of it and then I didn't do it. Um, Um, But I still do it to this day because when I have bad days, um, I tend to look back and I'm just like, okay, I'm so much better, even though it feels right now like I haven't done anything. So, yeah, that really helps me and it it helps me a lot with the progress that I'm making. And no, that's a really important thing. Like if you're dealing with things like anxiety or depression, being able to track how you're doing because you will have times that will challenge you more and something like this pandemic for me yeah. like after going a year without any panic attacks suddenly having panic yeah. attacks again it was like shit like you feel miserable you feel like you're back to square one so being able to remind yourself like actually i'm a lot better than i was before i have made a lot of progress it makes you sort of calm down a little bit like okay yeah i'm having anxiety it's part of my life but it's not what it used to be. Yeah. No, I think that's something very important because in the heat of the moment, having a panic attack, you feel feelings you felt at your worst moment. You mm-hmm. feel things that you felt when you thought you were going to die and when you had no hope and just pure despair. And just looking and being like, you know what? Yes, I went through hell, but I'm in a better state now. Mm-hmm. And yes, I had a bad day. It's okay to have bad days. Mm-hmm. I had a bad week. It's okay to have bad weeks. I know with this, on average, I mean, it's night and day transformation, but there are bad days and there are bad weeks sometimes where it's hard for her to sleep uh, at night or or where she has more panic attacks on average uh, in a day. And in those moments, she sometimes gets afraid of going back to where she was. And that's something that exactly that journal or looking back and looking back on photos on, uh, on Facebook and just being like, yo, I've come a long way it's okay that I'm having a bad day. I think that's that's a very big thing. And I, I also want to communicate that with anxiety, when you're having a panic attack, your body, what it's doing, it's literally going into emergency mode. It feels like you're going to die. It feels like you're going to faint. It feels <laughs> like, I mean, everything is going to go wrong, but actually your body is doing the opposite of that. It's ready for action. It's just so ready for action, it doesn't know what to do with it <laughs> because it doesn't need that much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just an overload. And that's why you have physical symptoms. A lot of people don't realize <coughs> that with anxiety, you have physical symptoms quite a bit. Yeah. It's not just all in your head. A lot of people are like, it's just in your head. No. Like, what physical symptoms have you guys felt? Who's oh, there? my God. Your heart beats like it's never beaten before. You do, like Yannick said, you feel like you're going to pass out because, like, you're getting like dizzy or woozy or like you're feeling you get sweaty sometimes and it's like i don't know i feel like my it's really hard to describe but it's like you're feeling everything and nothing at the same time physically like my skin feels like i'm being touched by everything and nothing at the same time so like i don't know what's happening and it feels strange um what else um 
like you feel like in a dream state yeah like everything goes everything is overwhelming the light is overwhelming the mm-hmm. noise is overwhelming oh, seeing yeah. people cars everything it's is so just intense. overwhelming and uh i don't know if this happens to you but my body parts not get numb like either yeah. my arms get numb or half of my body gets numb mm-hmm. and then i just can't feel my feet yeah. or something so that has happened to me a lot yeah no and i'll sometimes get paralyzed in certain types of my parts of my body too like i won't be able to walk or i won't be able to move or stand or move my arms uh yeah and a lot of things go on physically and that makes it scarier mentally Mentally, too because you're like fuck my body's not cooperating like if i can't control my body right now how am i supposed to control my mind Um, now for example with des what i usually do when she has a panic attack i ask her two questions i ask is it physical symptoms or is it mental because it sometimes it's both sometimes it's only physical but your mind is not really doing that anything. active it's yeah. not doing anything yeah. but you're <laughs> feeling things yeah. tight in your body <laughs> and sometimes your mind is going crazy but your body isn't uh, responding to that but sometimes it's both so the first question i ask is physical mental or both mm-hmm. and then after that i ask from one to ten mm-hmm. so that i know where on the scale she is and she'll be like it's a full-blown ten okay time to do certain things, and I ask her, what are, what are your physical symptoms? Are you hot? Okay, put on a fan. Okay, what else? What are the physical symptoms? And I ask her a bunch of questions. And mm-hmm. one thing that sometimes if you have a loved one who's going through anxiety, sometimes you gotta bring them down to earth. And you can do that sometimes with distraction and misdirecting. Sometimes they love that, sometimes they hate that. Yeah. <laughs> you can sometimes <laughs> hug them and say everything's gonna be better. And sometimes that will backfire because they don't want to be touched in some (laughs) moments. So I try to ask, how can I help? Obviously, during the heat of panic, it's a little bit experimentation of being like, does this work and seeing responses and whatever Uh, and commuting everything is going to be okay. This happens a lot. Don't worry. You're safe. Uh, Even if you pass out, you're uh, among good people that have your back, but you're not going to pass out because that's not what's going on (laughs) with your body. Uh, it's it's literally the opposite. Like it's mm-hmm. it, your the blood pressure is not going down. It's going up. Like it's it's not really. You're not like it's if you suffer from already passing out regularly. Sure, can happen at the same time. But it's in the majority of cases, it's not really a thing. Like Des asks me literally every day, "Am I gonna pass out?" And I ask her, "When <laughs> have you passed out?" No, well, no, I've never passed out from a panic attack. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like that, and. Yeah. Uh, so, so so it is something that y- it's just a lot of self-awareness a lot of communication with loved ones and the more you communicate it's easier to kind of help those people and be patient and understanding with those people um, and right now it's okay if you have anxiety communicate it with your loved ones because yeah. it, it, I mean there are many people like that there are many people that haven't had anxiety before that are having anxiety now yeah and uh, that's something that we see every single day that that people are writing to us and they're like listen i'm I'm having anxiety for the first time what do i do yeah and uh i myself i've had a lot of anxiety i've had a lot of dark thoughts i've had a lot of uh physical symptoms not as strong obviously as, as someone who who has a diagnosed case and like but still like this quarantine has been tough uh it's been tough in a way that i didn't expect it to and 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 we're in a good position because we live and work in the same place we 
are already used to being in a lot because we're always working, editing videos, filming videos, producing a lot of content. So we're kind of used to this kind of lifestyle, the quarantine lifestyle. At first we were laughing, it's like, that's what we already do. <laughs> but one thing when we talk about anxiety is, and when we talk about develop element, if you're familiar with the tools of develop element, we talk about this concept called regenerative spaces, which are all these activities, those environments, those actions, those things, those spaces that fill us with energy and with inner peace. And it's based on your personality, extroverts, they need to go out and move more, socialize more, explore more, introverts, they need more quiet time, organization, structure, routine, uh, ambiverts, that middle point, they kind of need deep connections with their loved ones, but are flexible if it's high social or low social stimulus. But those activities that kind of regenerate us, many times when we are very self-aware and when we have... Uh, when we've kind of gone through a personal development journey and, and, and designed a lifestyle that's working for us, we have a lot of activities in our day-to-day -day that are giving us more than we realize. Mm -hmm. And the moment that gets taken away from us, we go, wow, I didn't know. Like, I knew that it, it brought me peace and energy. I didn't know the extreme in which yeah. it did it. And it's been a lot of adapting. And mm -hmm. as a team here, we've had to be like, what things do you need? Like, mm -hmm. how can I help you go outside without having the risks? How can I help you move without having the same risks? Yeah. How can I help you with your hobbies that might have changed? For example, yeah. Des has this need of shopping because she has this element, a fiery element, where she likes fashion. She likes to dress in a certain impactful way. She, lo she loves that stuff. So one of the things that would regenerate her and lower her anxiety would sometimes be to go to stores. Now the stores are closed. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was a big, like, <laughs> I need to get out, need to go to the stores, and what can I do now? Yeah. And that was a big readaptation. I mean, luckily you have quite a bit of experience with online shopping too. So. <laughs> <laughs> <I> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a period of time where we need to be looking at the things that usually give us that energy and look at how can we do them in a different way or what other things can we do to replace it. Yeah. You know, for me, going out, like seeing people walk by, <laughs> going to a cafe, I, I would spend a lot of times in cafes working uh, because I needed a certain sense of contact with the outside world yeah. and suddenly that gets cut off and it reminds me of like my worst depression times, my worst yeah. anxiety times, other times in my life where I've been locked in the house and I was like, shit, how am I going to get through this? So for me, like calling friends, which you guys have no idea how much anxiety I have around phones. Like I have had panic attacks. Uh, one time I was in a long distance relationship and the other person was like, hey, we should call each other. I want to hear your voice. And I was like, full blown panic attack. I didn't answer for a long time. And suddenly I was like, sorry, that's not going to happen. And now I'm at a point where I need that social contact, that need with of contact with the outside world so much then I'm like screw the anxiety like I just I just need to hear people's voices you know so things are changing in weird and unpredictable ways things that usually you might not have enjoyed might actually be able to fulfill yeah. something that you need that you can't fulfill the way that you used to do it there, there is something to be said and this we say in develop element all the time when you make your goals more important than your fears you win mm -hmm. and that applies to people with anxiety too. <laughs> when they're in the worst state, you tell them that it's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say. But 
Des, how many years did you go without elevators? <laughs> like 10. <laughs> but when it was important enough, you got an elevators. Yeah. Oh, it was a deck of cards. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steve is uh, off camera saying it took a deck of cards. Uh, it's because in one of our apartment complexes where we have a, a con, we have two condos, one on kind of the bottom floor and one on the top floor. Uh, he helped Des go up to the top floor. She was having a lot of anxiety. And he was like, let's do it. It'll be fine, blah, blah. And he took a deck of cards and was doing like silly tricks with the cards <laughs> and just kind of distracting her as they were going up the elevator. And, and distraction works a lot with people with anxiety. Mm -hmm. If they're in the right state of mind, obviously, there are moments yeah. where they'll shut down totally and that's like, no, that's not going to work for me. But it is something very valuable. Uh, but it is something that when the goal is more important than your fears, you can face them. Uh, Des, for example, uh, right now has a bit of a fear of airplanes and she kind of <laughs> wants to tackle that. But w what has she said? She said, she's literally told me, if Lil Mix, her favorite uh, <laughs> band or group or pop group or whatever you want to call them, uh, if they have a concert in a place that I want to visit, I'm going to get on that plane and I don't <laughs> care what's uh, going to happen. No one's going to stop me. <laughs> like... Uh, so, so, so she keeps exploring what would make her get on those planes mm -hmm. and what things would motivate her enough. And yeah. every day she's like, oh, you know what? I found this other thing that might motivate me. <laughs> and and I, I found this other thing and maybe I'm going to surprise you. And maybe you're on a trip and I'm going to surprise you on a plane and this and that. And, there's, and then it's just kind of finding the excitement in things. Mm -hmm. uh, risk what's that? Risk reduction. Yes. Uh, so Steve be behind yeah. the camera is talking about risk reduction it too. Works. <laughs> so so Steve yeah. is saying if you're on an airplane there's no earthquake that's going to affect you so there's <laughs> less risk uh, and yeah actually um, even though it's kind of a funny comment the, the earthquake thing that's another thing that we do talk about with people with anxiety reducing risk because yeah. people with anxiety are masters at making the risks seem like the end of the world risks <laughs> yes. so yeah. Getting educated on things is very valuable, but there's a key to how you do it. Mm -hmm. Don't over-bombard yourself with information because then you'll get more anxious. Pick your sources for information wisely. Make sure you have a mix of sources that include some more hopeful people that have a slightly po more positive outlook so that it's not only oh shit news you're digesting or yeah. oh shit information. Because yes, they are susceptible to receive new information and be like, I just received this new information. It's making more me extra scared. Mm -hmm. And with people with anxiety, I have a lot of conversations where I reduce risks in the mind where I may make it clear, look, the worst case scenario is not that bad. You know, it's mm -hmm. the, what you're reading that doesn't apply to you. You know, that's not actually relevant in this case, or mm -hmm. that's a 0 0.001% chance. Uh, which people with anxiety will be like, but there's still a 0.0% <laughs> yeah, chance. Like, let's be honest. People with anxiety do have challenges processing risks, but you can definitely help them. And it, it's something that it's an active process. It can take several months or even years to help people face their fears. But the, the first step is choosing to make that goal more important than your fear. The second step is analyzing how can I make it so exciting, so e easier for me. What support network can I have? Mm -hmm. Who can I do it with? Uh, yeah. There's a, a, you know, when you're with people you trust, like for example with Des, with elevators, going up and down an elevator with me, very easy. 
Going up and down elevators with strangers can still be a bit challenging to this day, yeah. depending on her state of mind. Sometimes she gets on an elevator that's full and it's no big deal. Sometimes she's like, can we go on the next elevator, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's okay. You know, your support network is important and, and, yeah. and building a support network and having a lot of communication is, is key. But it is something that you got to understand you can get through this. Mm-hmm. You can get past this. You can overcome the, the biggest challenges of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and the easiest way to do it is with a support network, is with goals, is with ambitions, is with communication, is with being willing to be vulnerable. And yes, it's also important to find people that understand you, even if they don't understand you fully. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about, oh, I have lived through that. Like, I've kind of been a big support network for you guys. And I haven't really understood most of the things you yeah. felt <laughs> from firsthand experiences, but I've had a willingness to learn. Yeah. And I think willingness to learn is a big thing. Yeah. But if you have people who are outright dismissive or like it's all in your head or you're just doing it for attention or uh, you're ungrateful or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really just kind of put you down and dismiss you, that's not conducive to actually dealing with the things. Yeah. And I think if if you live with a lot of people who 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 are like that, yes, take some time to educate them. And if they're not willing to educate uh, themselves, seek help from other people. Seek friendships with people who have gone through this or have gone through it with a loved one, or that just are willing to learn. Because yeah. with me, I like I know people with anxiety from before you guys, but it's also different. Like when it's someone close to you. Yeah. It's very different because your emotions are, are more strongly yeah. tied to the result uh, and no, the and outcome. And also so. in our relationship, for example, it was different when we were growing up because mom was around and mom yeah. was a, my main support network growing up. Uh, so you didn't have to deal with a lot of things firsthand. You didn't have to see a lot of yeah. things firsthand. But then... You know, a few years ago when we moved in together and started working together and develop your element and mom was traveling all the time and, you know, other people in other places, yeah. then suddenly you were my maid. Like yeah. you were the only person that I knew. Yeah. A- and we were together basically 24-7 and suddenly you were seeing it in a different way. No, totally, uh, totally different. So, and yeah, I want to say like as a person who is more introverted, especially with these types of things, I've been a very private person. I've been yeah. a very like, I'll deal with it but by myself i'll figure things out i'll study things i'll read every book in the world and then you know i'll figure it out i won't involve other people it was a challenge opening up and involving someone else but it was definitely worth it uh because there came moments in my life that were really tough where for me knowing that there was someone there even if sometimes the only thing i could tell myself was we're together in this business and he needs me for the business. Like, even if I could only go to that thought, having someone there that my life was tied to in some way kind of helped me get through the toughest times. Yeah, and anxiety, you feel lonely with anxiety. Yeah. You feel uh, basically like you're burdened sometimes. And you feel like sometimes the world would be better without you or mm-hmm. that your family would be better without you. Yeah. So uh, sometimes you push people away that are there for you and really want to help you. Yeah. And I, with both of you, I've had that challenge where <laughs> uh, there's that instinct to kind of push people away because you don't want to burden them because you can yeah. do it yourself. But 
it's so much easier when you let people in. It's mm-hmm. so much smoother. It, it, it just accelerates the process. Not that you can't do it alone. I mean, obviously, uh, you can do it, but it really helps. It really helps. And, yeah. I, I, and I think uh, if you have enough empathetic and compassionate people in your life, it's going to be easier. If you do not, find them. Mm-hmm. Seek them. And, I mean, it do, I, I don't care where you find them, whether it's Facebook support groups or websites that specialize on it, whether it's professional therapists or whether it's on Tinder or whether it's on Meet Me or uh, Reddit or wherever it is. Find people who can help. Yeah. Like, that, it, that, that, that's, that's, that's just essential. And right now, uh, with the quarantine, we're feeling more isolated. We're feeling yeah. more disconnected. We're feeling more... Uh, and and also we're feeling more like everyone is going through this. So who am I to complain about my situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and sometimes that can be a dangerous thought. So sometimes it's just a matter of being like, you know what? This is worth talking about. This is yeah. worth tackling. And it changes everything very fast. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say fast and slow at the same time, mm-hmm. because one thing I've seen is there is a lot of you know, after years of being maybe dismissed, after years of not understanding things, after years of going through something like this, what happens? I don't know what you're trying to get at specifically, but for me, it's like there's this feeling where you start kind of giving up and, exactly. and not believing in things anymore. Uh, and, and also, if you've tried a lot of things that haven't worked and you combine that with being dismissed, with yes. people not taking you seriously, it's like... Here are the people that are going to promise me things just to get my money and it's not going to work. And here are the things that are going to dismiss me. So you feel kind of alone and you feel like there's nothing you can really do. Uh, And that's a really difficult situation to be in. Uh, For me, like starting to find within myself, okay, like I'm going to experiment just randomly with things to find, hey, are there things that can help? Are there things that work? And like trying to value even the tiny, tiny, tiny bits of change. Like, yes, I'm having a panic attack, but it's slightly better than the other ones. Uh, That process, I think I hear my own voice where I shouldn't hear my own voice. Uh, That process was one that was difficult, but important for me to go through. Yeah. Come over to the mic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very happy right now. Steve is going to join in with some some Mm -hmm. thoughts here. Hello. <laughs> I, um, I'm not really good at helping people with their anxiety, but a lot of people feel that way. Um, and I just started cartoonizing the problems people were having. Like, what if I'm, I, I honestly can't even think of one, but like with Des, she'll be like, I'm afraid of this. And then I just apply like family guy logic. And just make it seem like, oh, you're right. The worst thing is going to happen. And it's going to be the worst thing in the world. If I were you, I'd worry about it more. uh, (laughs) For some people, that seems to be a strategy. Also, I'm bald now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's part of the quarantine. (laughs) You know, that's Steve's anxiety (laughs) remedy. Uh. What what Steve is saying is is interesting because it's a very difficult thing to pull off because (laughs) you can end up sounding so dismissive and so honestly really horrible doing that. But he has this tone of voice 
where you know he's messing with you. Yeah. And like, yes, you're worrying about all these things, but then when he emphasizes it, like it sounds ridiculous enough that even for you with anxiety, you're like, what? <laughs> no, I see it with Des a lot. Because I remember when he first would do that, he uses a very different strategy for me. Obviously, we have different personalities. Uh, my personality is more kind of the nurturing. Everything's going to be all right. I'm going to help you through this. We can do this. Or the very passionate, we're going to get through this because we can do it and we're badass and blah, blah, blah. Like, those are the two <laughs> strategies I have. But Steve, he has kind of more electric, fun, playful personality. And he sometimes gets confused about situation and sometimes he has the metallic like logic like that's just illogical so he combines the humor of the electric side of just fun and playful with the logic of the metallic of like this is logical this like and the first times i'd be like oh my goodness he's gonna make it so much worse oh my goodness <laughs> what's he saying and then he would get laughter out of des from tension like this to all of a sudden ha 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 that's so funny like you're right steve you're right i'm being silly and i'm like that worked, <laughs> but uh, it also depends who does it. Because yeah. if I do that, oh, it doesn't no. work no, because no. I don't have that natural. Like that's not my my elements. That's I'm not in my element if I use that humor. Like the logical part, yes, but and I do use the metallic side and then I educate with studies and research and blah blah because that is my third element. But uh, the electric f joking and I I can't do that. Like no. I with me, you would try to be electric, but like just electric, just fun, yeah. just playful, just, you know, yes, cute and innocent. I do try that sometimes. You would never dare to mix the two. No, no. Uh, and, and if you were to do it, it would backfire. Like, because <laughs> Steve does that. Steve and Yannick both do that. Like when I'm having a panic attack, they'll just like show up with a kettle all of a sudden, like dump it on me. And I'm like, what's happening? What's yeah. happening? <laughs> no, but like Yannick is a person who... He's somebody who says what he means the way he means it, and he's so honest. Uh, Steve is an honest person, but he's also a jokester, so you know that sometimes he's saying things sarcastically and sometimes he's just yeah. messing around. But Yannick doesn't do that so much, so if he says something, you take it very seriously. Yeah. And Yannick is very serious about like researching and, yeah. and getting things from reliable sources. So if Yannick says something, it's like almost basically that's the truth you know he's wrong sometimes but you know he at least thinks he's right so if he tells you yes you should worry more that's the this kindest thing you've ever <laughs> said to me i feel so <laughs> respect in the sense that you're not just messing around uh, that did sound horrible um so you know if yannick tells you yes you're right you should worry more things are really bad it's like holy shit things are really bad. Uh, but if Steve tells you, yes, things are really bad, you should worry more, you kind of take a moment to go, okay, is he joking? Like, is he being sarcastic? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a case by case, both who you're dealing with and who you are if you're somebody who's supporting. Don't go totally outside of what you normally do in order to support someone because there are more chances of misunderstandings uh, if yeah. you're suddenly doing something completely different from what no, you normally No, you got to help people the way you can help them. Yeah. And you got to make that clear. Yeah. Sometimes people want you to help you in a way that is not realistic. Mm -hmm. And you have to be very honest. This is the way I can help you. And sometimes, even if it's not the way that that person wants, feeling that someone cares yeah. is all that matters. There are many times that I have no clue how to help people with anxiety. And I just go like, I'm here with you. 
We're going to get through this together. I have no clue how to help you, but I'm here with you. And just that alone sometimes is all that's needed. So different situations, different needs, but it's all about, you know, setting the right expectations and, and following up with that. Uh, and we have a question here. It's like, hi there. Which may be those actions you can apply when you start feeling anxiety will overflow and you need to get control over it? Not looking for a four-step recipe, just a piece of advice. You, okay. What I do, I don't know who's asking or whether you have much contact with develop your element, whether you know about regenerative spaces or anything like that. But think about times in your life where you've been really well, really happy, what type of activities you've had in your life that fulfilled you, what type of situations, what type of environment around you gives you peace or excites you, things that have been good influences in your life. Think about those things and then start thinking about how you can start implementing versions of that in your life. And when you're starting to feel like, okay, I'm not feeling good right now, you go, okay, what around me? What resources do I have available to me? What people, what contacts do I have on my phone? Who can I talk to? What do I have access to right now that is among those types of things that tend to give me more peace, make me more happy, give me more of a sense of myself? And depending on your life, maybe that's something that's, you know, from a few weeks ago, Maybe you have to look at things from a few years ago to sort of find those things that have really fulfilled you in different moments in your life. And they can be hobbies. They can be silly things. They can be ridiculous. things. They can be memes. Like, it doesn't have to be something serious. Just something that gives you a sense of joy or a sense of peace. Now, Des, you do something very that we haven't talked about. I'm not going to say. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> what out of all things? Uh, so, you... you basically have internal conversations with yourself oh yeah let, let me just mention there's some <laughs> people that have internal conversations with themselves and there's some people that don't and sometimes understanding the other way of doing it is kind of strange but yes this is one of those people who has specific voices mm-hmm. and she even names them <laughs> and she has her ally in her head that when she's feeling very in a dark place she calls on this kind of voice in her head and has the voices fighting with each other. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, so I experienced voices ever since I was a teenager. Um, I think they probably showed up when I was like in like my last year of high school. And um, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I guess I kind of had them throughout as a childhood. Like, but I just didn't know what was going on until I did more research on it when I was in high school. And... Um, and that's when I started learning about anxiety. That's when I started to get panic attacks like on a daily basis. And I was like, okay, I'm going to research this because what's going on is not, is not like normal. <laughs> um, it doesn't normally happen to me. So anyway, um, I ha- kind of had these voices in my head and at first I would fight them. Like I would try to go like, I would try to pretend as if they weren't there, but I guess that kind of made them even worse because they kind of got mad. And basically, these voices know how to trigger me. And um, they know my weak spots and everything. And so it's really hard because they know exactly what to say for me to just be really, really depressed for a period. So um, I did find out that there was one voice in my head that was kind of like, very nice to me and i named her stacy i have no idea why i named her stacy um but when things get bad sometimes i can hear her and sometimes i can't uh, or sometimes yannick has to literally like 
call like call her name just be like Stacy are you in there and then Stacy comes out and then sometimes she just cusses the other voices out and it's just like leave her alone you know and just she comes in there like a teacher and she's like you sit there you sit there you sit there and then you guys can't say this and then she comes to me and then she just kind of reminds me of the reason why I'm here and she just like reminds me like if you want to go back to where you were a year ago you're going to lose, like, for example, silly, silly things like you're going to lose the incredible closet you have now or the incredible clothes you have now and you're not going to do this because I've always been very ambitious and I really like um, cute things. <laughs> she ha- she's a shopaholic. Let, let's say what it is, you know? <laughs> I'm a shopaholic, so I know that if I'm back where I was from um, a year ago, I wouldn't be able to, to shop as much as I do now and have things that I do now. So... Yeah, um, Stacy has been very helpful, and I know many people that have voices in their head. At first, when I first found out about my voices, um, I remember telling a certain friend, and um, I remember his girlfriend ended, ended up reading those messages, and she got mad, and she like really just uh, said everything and took screenshots and put it up on Facebook and made me look like I was a crazy person. And at that time... Uh, like mental health wasn't a big thing so like it wasn't as open as it is now like now it's like okay we all like people are coming out and we're like we have voices uh you see this you see that and you have panic attacks and everything is like now it's not you you don't get bullied for that as before like before people would be like oh she needs to go to a doctor she needs to be hospitalized and stuff like that so at that time for me it was like very difficult because being told like oh you should definitely go see a doctor but not in a kind way just being like something's wrong yeah something's wrong with you and just being bullied about that so there was a time in my life that I was just like I won't talk about it and I won't tell anybody about it and that's kind of how um for years after that, I just didn't talk about my mental health. I didn't talk about it with my family, with my friends, with the people I would date. And people would get frustrated and mad at me and be like, how do you want help if you're not speaking? But it'd just be like, I tried to reach out to people and it like, it was just a bad experience. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it was not good for me. And now uh, meeting Yannick and just like you guys and being able to talk about my voices and even name them, it's like more like, I'm at peace with them. Like I'm not mm-hmm. friends with them, but it's like I know you're there, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm and everyone knows that you're there. So you can't put that against me. You can't tell me like, oh, you can't tell anybody about us because then people are gonna call you crazy. Mm-hmm. Now it's like Yannick knows that you're there, and he knows that you guys don't like him. So yeah, <laughs> you guys have to deal with it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what goes on in my head. Also, when I have panic attacks. Yeah, I think. The important thing is the questions that I asked Des is a scale from 1 to 10, uh, physical symptoms, mental symptoms, uh, or a combination of both. If it's mental, then you've got to do uh, very active mind things like what you just described. If it's more physical symptoms, cooling yourself down, getting uh, your back scratched or asking for a hug if that's what you need, or just going under the blanket and, and just kind of disappearing for like t- 20 minutes, half an hour. That's okay, you know? It just whatever it is, your body is asking you and your mind is asking you. Like, And it's not what it's asking you directly. It's what you know like it needs because mm-hmm. your body and your mind will play tricks on you. So don't fall for all those tricks. Just be consciously aware of all the tricks. And once you know the tricks, it's like Des says, 
those voices can't control me anymore because now I won't fall for those tricks as much. Mm-hmm. And w- with the, the body symptoms, it tries to trick you that you're dying. But when you know, I'm not going to die, I'm not going to faint. Yes, it will feel like that. Yes, you will uh, have doubts in the moment. But ultimately, you'll get past the panic attack faster. Mm-hmm. With deaths when I met her, one panic attack could knock her out for five days. Now, usually it's 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. In a very bad case, half an hour to 45 minutes. But that's yeah. rare. Whereas that was fast when we first met. Uh, I think Steve wants to say something. Say something. <laughs> Um, Hiram? I'm I'm going to guess your name is Hiram. Um, Sorry if I got that wrong. But uh, my answer for your question about what actions you need to take to apply when you're feeling anxiety about being overwhelmed and you need to get control over it, lists. Make Mm. lists. These guys will probably spend the next 10 minutes talking about how I get overwhelmed with a lot of tasks. I've taken some recent tasks, or recent um, things to help overcome that, but um, what I'm gonna talk about is lists. If you need, like for me, if I need to do some, if I need to achieve a goal, that's the top, and then I break it down into maybe four or five, like medium-sized goals that need to be achieved, and then I make lists about what small tasks need to be done to get to those medium-sized goals. So. It doesn't matter if I have, like, one big goal is scarier than 500 little ones Mm -hmm. for me. So if I can make lists of little tasks to achieve that move me objectively towards the goals, then I can just focus on the one, get that done, and that's some success. And then I move on to the next one, and there's a logical progression that you just fall into, Mm -hmm. and you know how it's going to play out. Yeah. And that can really bring a lot of control back. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, we're getting some comments that it was hard to hear him uh, because of the positioning of these mics. But I, I'm just going to recap what he said. So he says lists work for him a lot. Uh, he doesn't suffer uh, from as much anxiety uh, as, as the examples we've been talking about. But what he does suffer from is it, when he gets overwhelmed with things and, and he can kind of fry his brain when there are too many things going on, when there's not enough clarity. And that can generate a lot of anxiety for him, a lot of frustration for him. And that's what we were talking about in the niche, uh, 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 beginning. We all have different types of anxiety. And, and just because we're focusing a lot of anx- uh, generalized anxiety disorder and panic attack disorder doesn't mean that there aren't other uh, types of anxiety. And yes, there's some where you want to put those lists, where you want to uh, have those lists to organize your plans and develop your element, what we call it is interconnecting goals, where you, you have long-term goal and you have many smaller goals and you have side projects. And how can you make a plan where they all are complementing each other so you feel that every step you take is getting closer to that goal so it doesn't feel so insurmountable mm-hmm. or so impossible to reach. And yes, you've got to celebrate the small wins. You've got to take it one step at a time. And I, I, I both with Des and Itzel, when days where they got out of bed, was a celebration. like, And yeah. that, that's the thing. Sometimes it's a celebration that they got out of bed. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to just take it one day at a time. It, it's not just... Sometimes, sometimes it's just a small thing. Sometimes it's exactly going and showering by yourself without a chair and being able to stand up in the shower. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it's being able to step outside even if it's in your own garden. And, and you got to just take it one step at a time and, and celebrate every small win because if, if you're overwhelmed with everything, 
and you don't tackle it one step at a time, you're gonna get paralyzed. But if you step, take it one step at a time and you celebrate and you're like, wow, I'm so proud of myself. I can't believe I did that. Wow, that is power. And I've seen mm. both my sister and, uh, and Des do that and it's like, wow. Uh, and Ruth says, thank you for this. I'm watching this with my son that experienced uh, anxiety attacks and he's 17. Thank you for, for being here. Thank you for, 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 for inviting your son to, to participate in this. And, and if you have any questions, uh, any specific questions, please get in touch either during the program or, or personally. We, we're here for you because we know what, what it is to go through this mm -hmm. in many different versions. Uh, and, and I kind of want to speed up and wrap up because I did say we we're going to cut it to, to 45 minutes to an hour. But I want to emphasize a few things right now. Uh, We've been talking a lot about anxiety, panic attacks, feeling overwhelmed. We talked about the differences between what it is to have physical symptoms and mental symptoms. We've talked about what it is to have voices in your head. We've been uh, we've talked a lot, a lot about distractions and and, and uh, support networks. I also want to emphasize a few other things. There's not just one single route for dealing with anxiety, and many times the combinations of things works. Mm -hmm. And each person is going to do different things. Yeah. For example, exercise works wonderful. So. Uh, wonderful uh, in terms of it basically releases happy chemicals in the brain mm -hmm. and it helps you deal with that. So if you can impl implement exercise, don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, but like also when we say exercise, uh, I remember like a year ago when I was really sick, people would be like, you need to do exercise. It's like, it's easy for you to say that because I can barely get out of bed. Mm -hmm. So one advice that I can give if you're, having panic attacks if because for me doing exercise and feeling out of breath gives me anxiety i don't know if that happens to you or that has <laughs> happened to you because you feel like you're gonna pass out and you're like you know you start making movement and then it's hard it's hard yeah, i think it's important to understand that exercise means a lot of it can mean a lot more than what we usually think of like we think oh go to the gym and, and yeah. lift weights no, exercise can be stretching in your bed sometimes, like just moving your body a bit more consciously, like, oh, I'm going to stretch this part of my body, I'm going to stretch this part of my body. And it's more about sort of that mind-body connection that you form. So yeah. sometimes you can't physically, maybe you have other illnesses or other disabilities that also yeah. affect you physically, so you won't be able to exercise the way that a lot of 30-day workout challenges are going to tell you to. But for me, like, I know... This last year, I've been going through sort of physical therapy for an injury that I've had. I can't exercise the way I used to, but I can do certain physical therapy that is still, that I still count as exercise. It's still creating that mind-body connection. It's still creating a moment for me to be in contact with my body. And it is helping me also mentally and emotionally. Yeah, and, and I think this goes back to, to take it one step at a time because mm -hmm. sometimes we search exercise routines and we can't do that. And even as a person who doesn't suffer from generalized anxiety disorder if you ask me now to do an exercise routine on youtube i'm gonna be honest with you i'm not in good shape <laughs> like I, I haven't been to gym in like four five six months i have no idea how long uh so i mean even for me getting started and this first step's always the hardest but little by little it gets easier mm -hmm. uh, and i remember with des it was like first she would do a small little routine for like five minutes and she would get exhausted and then she could extend it to 10 minutes like i did 10 minutes and <laughs> other people would be like, you should be doing half an hour at least. If, if not, it's not useful. And I was like, 
10 minutes great mm-hmm. and little by little and half an hour 45 minutes whoa you just did that I can't no it. like the first time that i had a relapse because i've had two relapse relapses for um anxiety and depression and they were all due to my eating disorder so the first time that i had a relapse um i was able to go to the gym and i was able it wasn't that bad like i was able to go to the gym i was I was healthy. I, I was strong because I had already spent months um, getting vitamins and all of those things in. So I was already ready. The only thing was that my body didn't understand that I was no longer sick. So I was able to go to the gym. I was able to pay for it. The second time, uh, two years after when I had my second relapse, um, I was not able to go to the gym because now I was sick. So I didn't have the I wasn't healthy enough to go to the gym and I didn't have the money. So I knew that I had to do exercise because the first time that it happened one month at the gym and I and I already had not had a panic attack in that month like so it was really good and I knew that if I could go back to the gym if I was strong enough to go to the back to back to the gym I wouldn't need medicine to go through to get like deal with my anxiety so the second time I did have to get meds because I was very unhealthy and I had to get strong again and stuff in order to do that I had to take my meds to sleep and to like be able to bring my appetite back so what I did was I did little exercises, like even just going outside in your patio and just doing one lap one day and then coming Mm -hmm. back and that's it. Like that's all you need to do or taking five minute walks or three minute walks. And then just like, then maybe the next day doesn't have to be five minutes. The next day can also be three. And then another day can be two minutes and that's Mm -hmm. completely fine. You can take a step back and then maybe the next day you do five and it's like little things like that. Now I'm able to go for walks for like 45 minutes to 30 minutes and then, Sometimes I don't even want to come back, but then I'm like, oh, it's a little bit late, so I should probably head back. Um, But little things like that, you don't have to follow a routine. You don't even, like, you could just walk, and that's Mm -hmm. enough. Or like you said, stretch in your, like, on your bed, and that's enough. Like, just do three stretches, and that's okay. The next day, you can do five. The next day, you can do two, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Remember that when your baseline is being in bed, locked up and disappearing from the world because you're afraid of everything. Getting out of bed is a win. Yeah. Walking around the house is a win. Showering. Showering <laughs> is a win. Like, all these things are wins. So don't be too hard on yourself, but if you can implement exercise, that's a good thing. When it comes to meds and uh, uh, supplements, uh, that's also something that some people need. It all depends on your case. Obviously, we're not doctors, and so we're not going to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. What we will say is we have two people who are... Uh, uh, to have generalized uh, anxiety uh, disorder, they have panic disorder uh, and agoraphobia, and they have done a mix of things. You have gone on meds, you have not gone on meds. Mm-hmm. But you have done, you both done some supplements like inositol. Yeah. Uh, if you look at inositol, it's a, it's a powder, it's, it's like a vitamin powder that you take it like if it were a protein powder in a shake or in a tea or any type of liquid, uh, even in your, your cereal or whatever. And uh, it's like three or four scoops of that. Google the the recommended dose for anxiety. Mm-hmm. Examine.com is a re- something I do recommend. We're not sponsored by them or anything, but it's a source that we use because there they do have doctors, experts, studies, and they compare all the studies and and talk about what uh, supplements work and which don't work. I'm one of I'm very metallic, so I don't like just trusting things blindly. Mm-hmm. I don't just go uh, go based on theory. I need studies i need to understand does this work has it been proven has it been done with double blind what are the numbers who paid for this and with examine.com you get a lot of clarity so 
I am one of those debunkers that that supplement doesn't work for that. That <laughs> supplement doesn't work for that. Don't waste money on that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a myth. But uh, in Osotol, th there are some very interesting studies. And, and I've seen in both of their cases it working. Yeah. So if you suffer from it, research it. I'm not going to give you the answers, but I will give you that lead. There are also books uh, in the U.S. We went to Barnes & Noble and we bought uh, uh, a book yeah. about natural remedies for, for, for it. And I think that's where we also found it initially. Yeah, and we went... There's, I don't remember the exact title, or, or uh, but there's a book where it's basically there's like a list of different supplements. Do you have the books? Yeah, I have it. In do you want to just run and get them? go pull quick. them out. Uh, <laughs> this has nothing to do with Develop Yaman, but the, uh, with the podcast, we're trying to go beyond just kind of the same tools that we always talk about. And we want to give you tackle things from, mm -hmm. from multiple different angles. So we're just going to give you this last minute recommendation. We're not sponsored by them. We, mm -hmm. We're not doctors. Consult with your healthcare provider and all that sort of stuff. But I want to give you this lead because it, it yeah. I've seen huge changes in them. And also for me, when I've gone through periods of heightened anxiety, uh, I, I've taken them. Uh, natural Relief for Anxiety, it's called. Uh, I think that's the one that has the... Uh, I'm just double checking if this is the one that has... I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it is. Supplements for... It's the only one. Tho those are the ones that are cognitive behavioral therapy. That's yeah. another thing. You can search cognitive behavioral therapy, mm -hmm. and that, that works a lot. That has been scientifically proven to work. I don't work. know how well this can be seen. Uh, um, but that one has like a list of different supplements. I did What I did, I would read through a description in the book as a starting point, and then I started underlining the ones that looked interesting to me. Uh, and then... I went from there and then I started researching them and I went to examine.com which Yannick recommended uh, and looked at, okay, what studies have actually been made? Because there's some things that are really popular for anxiety that maybe is only for social anxiety and yeah. not so much for panic yeah. disorder, things like that. So I would look through, okay, this is the information that's available. This is my starting point. And even if you don't find this book, if you find any sort of like list of different supplements, Use that as a starting point and then research them. See which ones, uh, in Spanish, is a really good expression for, <laughs> for what I'm trying to say. Que te late, like which ones? Which ones uh, give you, you know, like feel a good right? Impression. Which ones give you a, yeah. a good yeah. feeling? Just, just, yeah, because just not everything works for everyone. Mm -hmm. no. Like, not, like, you're not. I can tell you guys exactly what I do every single day, step by step, but that won't work for you because you need to find your own like mm -hmm. flow kind of. Mm -hmm. And that's one mistake that I went through as I was getting trying to recover because I would see YouTubers, I would see certain people and my therapist would always think, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. And she would push me. And that's another thing. Um, going to like... A therapist isn't you you have to find the right one yeah so just because your friend goes to this one and it's working for her that does not mean no. that it's gonna work for you so may for me reading is very hard um, because I'm more into um, nonfiction books than <laughs> than reading about anxiety but I do like watching videos about anxiety mm -hmm. I do like like Facebook groups and stuff because I'm more mm -hmm. of interacting with the person or you know feeling some sort of connection with that person and as a book it is nice um and i do i don't do it as often but if i'm more you know driven towards watching a video and seeing that person's personality mm -hmm. and just seeing the way that he or she is and that that's what helps me so 
if you guys can't concentrate on the book and reading a book, that's also okay. Don't force yourself to complete it and stuff like that. Maybe one day do read five minutes and that's it. And then like the following week you can read another five minutes and that's okay. Because for me, it's more of a you like YouTube or, um, being in anxiety and depression groups and like actually talking to people. That's what helps me. So mm-hmm. like, it's really okay if it doesn't work for you. It, everybody has their different like, recipe yeah. <laughs> to make themselves yeah. feel better you need to experiment like i know you can't use lavender <laughs> oh yeah i'm allergic like super duper allergic to lavender and then des moves in with yannick and she's like super fan <laughs> of lavender and i know it helps a lot of people with their anxiety and i was like oh des should probably know about my allergies <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i have my little oil, essential oils and candles and stuff so i remember this one time you went into our room and i had the little i don't know what they're called but the little sticks incense. Oh, the incense and, yes of lavender and i was so nervous because i remembered like halfway our conversation and i was like oh, what if she starts sneezing or something and then i totally forgot but in my room like i have lavender candles and those yeah. thingies and then like essential oils so i know that if if we're gonna go out and Excel's gonna be there, I do not put um, like my lavender essential oil on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just if I get anxiety, I listen to my meditation music and then it's that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like different things work for different people. Yeah, you just have to be and, and that's that's something we. I, I kind of want to end on that. Everything, it's it's about what works for you and a combination of things. It, supplements, teas, diet, exercise, personal development, therapy, they all help, they all contribute, and oftentimes it's a combination of things that help. Uh, I will say from what I've seen from the people that I've helped through it, uh, inositol works, don't buy the pills, buy the powder. Uh, if you get on something like Xanax, be careful because it can be either addictive or it can be hard to get off of. Yes. So, for example, Des, she does not have an addictive personality, and she has a lot of self-control and since the beginning. She's like, I want the minimum dose you can possibly give me so that it's easier to get off of. And even then, getting off of it is a challenge. It's a process of, of several months of gradually lowering the dose. But if you're really bad, don't be afraid of doing that because it did take Des out of her worst to be able to take the first steps. But yeah. Uh, I do think maybe if you had known about inositol back then, you wouldn't have d- gone inositol route instead. Yeah, of. I've always had like a mindset that I want everything done naturally. I meds for me were scary, uh, mm-hmm. especially when they told me Xanax. But my psychiatrist was like, "Girl, you need it. Like <laughs> seeing like the way that you are, you need it." I was even gonna get hospitalized, but he, they put me on trial for 15 days, and they're like, "If you don't get better in 15 days with the meds that I'm giving you." you're going to get hospitalized. So what I did was one thing that I like about myself is good and bad. I don't like being told what to do. (laughs) So he said, you need 2.0 milligrams a day. That's the dose you're going to get. But right now we're going to start with uh, 0.25. So I knew, I told myself, I'm not going to do more than 0.50. And so I knew that and I knew that. And my psychiatrist and my therapist were not happy with me because I wouldn't go, I wouldn't drink the meds that I was supposed to. I wouldn't take them. I would just like... I would only take the pills that I wanted to. And like, it was just one in the morning and one at night and that's it. And if I had anxiety throughout the day, I would find meditation, music, yoga, whatever I had to do to get to deal with it until my 8 8 p.m. pill. And I suffered a lot. Like I was bad. I needed to get hospitalized. I couldn't walk. I couldn't 
like I could barely talk. I didn't get out of my room for six months. And but I, w- I just stuck with that. I was like, I'm not going to get into I'm not going to take more pills because the more pills you get, the, the harder it is to like, you know, to get off of it. But it's OK if you need that amount and that makes you feel better. That's fine. Everybody takes an amount differently. For me, I have a little bit more self-control when it comes to taking medicine. Sometimes I don't take it even though I need it. Um, but that worked for me. I was able to go through, get through those months and it took me three months for my pills to kick in to finally go out. Um, and that's like, that's okay. My therapist and my, like my psychiatrist were mad because they're like, you need to get better. We need you better for like, at least at most one month, you need to start working again. But I was like, no, I'm going to take my time. If Mm -hmm. I need three months, six months, that's what I need. And I would get frustrated with myself because everyone was telling me, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for you to be sick. We don't have, but, and I would get frustrated with myself because I'm like, I need to get better. But one thing I never wanted to do was to take more meds. I was like, I'm going to find another way so I can keep this. And then, and then just meditation, yoga, and just really force myself to not, to not go there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's the best thing you can do is, the more you can do in your mind, the more you can do in terms of uh, your body, your exercise, your diet, natural way, the better. But if the first step you need to take to get out of a funk and you've tried everything is meds, okay, talk to your healthcare provider. We're not going to tell you what to do with that. Yeah. Uh, but we will say there are natural remedies that do work that are scientifically proven. If you want the studies and to look at them yourself, use examine.com. There they show all the studies. We're not sponsored or anything, but it's something that we've seen the change and we're sharing it despite being totally different from what we do in Develop Yelm. And in terms of in Develop Yelm, we talk about personality psychology, we talk about uh, personality theory, we talk about personal development, uh, and we focus really on the mind, but but really rewiring thinking patterns and, 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 and activities and actions and things. But we when we're talking about anxiety, we want to give you hope and understanding that there are several different angles that you can tackle it from mm-hmm. and tackle it from the angles that you feel are right for you. But do consult with, with, with <laughs> experts and find the expert that works for you because uh, as, as Des said, she went through several therapists before. She found people that really were patient and understanding and compassionate and really cared about her and, 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 and found something that worked for her. And, and a lot of what she's found, she found in her own as well. Uh, so even if you can't afford a therapist uh, online, there's so many resources, but yeah. don't just stick with the first resource. Mm-hmm. Keep searching and uh we uh, the three of us are here for you if you want to talk about your anxiety because we have a lot of experience going through it and when it comes to the quarantine make sure to implement a lot of regenerative activities don't feel guilty if you need to play video games or watch netflix don't feel guilty if you need to uh, go out just wear your face mask and follow the regulations in your home area even if it's just going to your own garden <laughs> uh like that's what we're doing here we have our own kind of we live in a building, but there's a, a little shared garden where you can walk in like a circle. Like, don't feel bad uh, if you can drive, go for a little drive and maybe not go to a store, but just go to a drive to feel like you're getting out. Obviously, different parts of the world are, are, are affected differently by the situation yeah. and there are different regulations and, and different fears and risks. So, so, so obviously, follow the guidelines where you live. Um, don't uh, put yourself and others at risk by, by, by taking unnecessary risks. Uh, but... Uh, 
yeah, make sure to implement the things that you need. Talk to people, ask for help, and build your support network and mm-hmm. communicate with people online, whether it be through voice calls, uh, video chats, video games, uh, normal messen- uh, message chats, whatever. Just kind of connect with people because isolation uh, heightens anxiety. Educate yourself and all the hopeful things that are happening with the development of, of uh, vaccines and how uh, we're flattening the curve all over the world in several different countries uh, with uh, social distancing, with masks, with this and with that. Uh, and, and make sure to not feel like uh, you'll never get back to your normal life. Yes, life might not be the same as what we once knew it, but we can take this time to work on ourselves, to grow, to innovate, to really uh, use it for as a period of, of personal development because let's face it, we have more time than ever and we should utilize the time not to beat ourselves up, but to become our best version, to come out of this quarantine being a stronger, better, more confident self. And that's what we're doing here at Develop Yelman. We're taking this time to really work on ourselves and help you guys. And that's why we brought back the podcast because we really felt there was a, a heightened need to talk about these things and provide you guys with valuable content. And uh, thank you guys for, for all the nice comments. Uh, we this time we shared, uh, we streamed both on YouTube and on Facebook at the same time, and I'm seeing comments on both platforms. I'm seeing thank yous. Uh, thank you, Des and, and Steve, fully answered with the question earlier, and um, people are saying hi and, and stuff. So hello, everyone, and uh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, this is going to be a weekly thing, so see you next week. Same place, same time at uh, 11 a.m. Central Time. And uh, if uh, you want to... Uh, Interact with us, uh, get uh, subscribe to our channel, ring the bells, follow us on Facebook, send us messages about the things you want to see, and we'll make sure to produce that for you. So see you.